uh, Acts when I get up. So, I just wanted to pick up on chapter 12. And again, it helps me to go to it and... Um, and try to be in the moment of what is this like because this has not changed. It's same God. He still does things like he's always done things. He's doing things in the earth right now, different places that you and I might hear about, might not hear about, might be years and years before we heard about something that went on today. And just because the way news travels, things go on different places, we, we don't know. Um, all that's going on in the Middle East right now, this helps me to, when I read these accounts, to think God's still ruling. He's, he's still doing what he's been doing, and he's about his business even though we don't see it, even though the news agencies don't report it. Um, it still goes on and whatever he wants to do with us today may he do it with each of us today this New American Standard chapter 12 of Acts Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some of those who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. You know, last time we heard that Christians, people had become Christians in Antioch, and it was the first place they started calling them Christians. Before that, they would call them what? The way, people that were in the way. And so they started calling them Christians there, and that stuck as a phrase, and it started becoming a more dominant phrase with time. So, um, verse 2, so he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread, which is the festival of Passover. That's the time of the year that this is going on. So, Peter's now been put in jail, and James has been killed violently. So the church is, uh, can't imagine what's going on with them, except that uh, life's hard. Verse 4, and when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four, four squads of soldiers to guard him. He's got, he's got him. He doesn't want anybody to come and, uh, and uh, try to free him. Intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So he's going to like you know present him and whatever. Verse 5, so Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being fervent, was made fervently by the church of God. And that's our part to do. Um, I have to admit, sometimes I pray more through habit than I pray of intensity of the moment. But it's like you and I have a conversation somewhere. Like, you know, it's a real conversation going on. Um, They're crying out. They're calling out to God about Peter. They know what's just happened. They're still gr they're grieving uh, James. They're 
hard. Verse 6, and on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, you see the timing, God's timing is always amazing, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Can you see this scene? This is a highly guarded person. He's really, you know, nothing could, nothing could happen here. Verse 7, And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared. And a light shone in the cell. So now we've got in a darkened cell, we've got light and an angel. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. I can see the, 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 the making of a good Steven Spielberg movie. Now, I admit that I finished seeing Indiana Jones, the very first one, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, last night. And it's like 30 years ago or something. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a while back when they made that movie. And everybody's so young. And it's still a good movie. And there's still like wild stuff going on. And that whole scene with the ark and them taking the top off and everything. And then the top comes back and they end up storing the ark, you know, somewhere in, a, in Washington in, in a warehouse. And... Um, so having read this during the day or earlier, refreshing it all, that it's like you just, you never know about suddenlies. God just always has a potential suddenly in his pocket with you and I. You really don't know what may happen before the sun sets today. It may be just a plain day, but it may be the most profound day of the, say, the next 20 years of your life. You go, that day... That day in December, in the afternoon before the sunset, this happened. A whole changed experience, a whole something different. Um, I, read it, I, I want to read these things to remind me that I need to always be listening, watching, just conversations with new people. Whatever's going on, you just don't know. Suddenly, that's just suddenly, get up quickly, he's saying to him. Verse 8, and the angels said to him, gird yourself, put on your sandals, like, you know, get dressed to go. And he did so, and he said to him, wrap your cloak uh, around you and follow me. Like, okay, get ready to be outside. Get ready to <laughs> go somewhere. It's nighttime. Uh, verse 9, and he went out and continued to follow and he didn't know what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. You can imagine this. It's like, wow, this is a really strong dream experience I'm having here. This really feels real. I mean, this feels like, wow, it feels cold and dark. And, you know, the, 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 I guess the chains are gone, you know, all this stuff. Getting past the guards. Verse 10, and when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. Again, how we get these things in all these movies? From stuff like this. This is pretty impressive stuff going on here. Chains falling off, gates opening up. I mean, <laughs> an angel's lit up the room. I mean, it's a, 
this is a pretty impressive place thing that's happening. They went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. In other words, he's kind of gotten into a safer place. Verse 11, when Peter came to himself, kind of when the reality is I'm just me, I'm on this street in the dark, which street am I on? Goodness gracious, I'm, I'm not in the, none of this was a dream. This has already happened. Um, he says, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, in verse 12, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Now, you know, back at the ranch, the Christians are all really concerned about Peter, who's in prison, and we're having an all-night prayer session. And everybody's listening and talking and doing the parts that they do and, and in prayer. So, verse 13, he knocks at the door of the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. You see, imagine it's a closed thing, and she hears the voice. She knows this guy's voice. Well, he's outside. And so she, she goes in to where, the, where everybody, where they are, to tell them that, Peter's outside. And uh, verse 15, and they said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, no, it's his angel. No, this is normal reality of what you're saying to us, little servant girl. It doesn't make sense. So you're like, you're just, it's not, you know, you've been, you're half asleep. You're just, you went to the, you know, you thought. You see how that happens. Verse 16, but Peter continued knocking. Now imagine it's not a really loud knock. It's just knocking enough you would hear the knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent because some of them were going to make a noise here. He described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren, like to the leadership, you know. And, and, when he, and then he left and went to another place. He wanted to go find a place that would be better and keep them protected from it. In case, who knows what's going to happen next? It's the middle of the night. All this has happened. Now, when day came, there was no small, dis- I love the, how they phrase this. There was no small disturbance among the, the soldiers. As to what could have become of Peter. Verse 19. And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. (laughs) He was really ticked off. Sorry for the guards. It wasn't their fault. They were doing their job. And then then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. Now he was very angry. And the people of Tyre and Sidon with one accord came to him like, Wow, he's really upset. Let's like let's try to get on his good side because he can, you know, he can do anything kind of he wants to do. Pretty much whatever the Romans let him do, but he can do what he wants to do. So, uh, so and they say when they come to him, 
and they've, they've won o over the king's chamberlain, the Splastus, uh, and they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. You can see that we really, <laughs> he's upset, all this is going on, let's see what, what we can do. Verse 21, and on the appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, he dressed up as a king, you know, took his seat on the special bench that they have for him to be, and began delivering an address to them. And verse 22, the people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. Of course, they're, you know. How do you get on a, good, a king's good side? You say something that's like, hopefully, he'll like it. It'll make him feel good, you know. Uh, so, so the, I don't know how much they care for him, but, but, but they're all stirred. You know, they're, they're doing their part. Verse 23, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and died. Okay, that was a pretty impressive thing. Uh, 24, but the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned. Remember, they've gone up and stayed, spent a while at Antioch teaching. Uh, from Jerusalem, when they uh, had filled their mission, remember, they were taking, there was a prophetic word that had been given in the last chapter, that they, and they took up money, and um, Saul and Barnabas delivered it to them at Jerusalem. So they've delivered the money that they collected for, for the famine that was coming, which took place. Uh, and when they fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark, of course, that ends the chapter right there. What do you, something stand out? My favorite part is the word suddenly, but that's, I like that part. What, what do you see in this? 